Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is uh, all the readings. May be seated. In the name of Jesus. Aspirin, anyone? Do any of you need to pop a Tylenol after, uh, yes, the Athanasian Creed? It is Holy Trinity Sunday, after all. We just confessed that really toughy creed, the Athanasian Creed. But let's be honest. Can any, can any of us you know, stand up right here, right now, after reading, confessing that creed, and say, Oh, yes. I comprehend, understand, get God. Yeah, right. Uh, as we're going through the Athanasian Creed, uh, eyes glaze over, brains begin to hurt. We start thinking, what in the world is this? Good thing it's only one Sunday every year. I'm so confused! Every single year when Deaconess and I teach Confirmation, and we're teaching on the Holy Trinity, there's one brave student, one brave confirmand that speaks what everyone is thinking. This doesn't make sense. That's right, yeah, I mean, one Father plus one Jesus plus one Holy Spirit equals one God. <laughs> oh man, yes. But here's the thing. Who said that God is supposed to make sense? This God of ours, this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is so above, so beyond all of us. Now, King David, uh, he understood this very well. He felt how big this God really is. Psalm chapter 8, the appointed psalm for Holy Trinity Sunday. In that psalm, King David writes these words, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Uh, no light pollution for King David 3,000 years ago. Uh, no Dow and no GM, okay? <laughs> Filling the sky full of orange at night. No light pollution! King David could take a stroll out onto his patio, his palace patio, look up into the night sky, and see way more stars with the naked eye than we can. Not comforting, though, for King David. Not comforting at all. All the twinkle, twinkle, little stars made King David feel a puny, pathetic, powerless. What a conundrum. What consternation. What crisis for this king. Ah, oh, Lord! Lord, when I look up at the night sky, I feel like such a small guy. Are you even mindful of me way up there so high? Do you even see me with your eye? Dear friends, even though we can't see with the naked eye, the very stars that uh, David, King David, could see with his naked eye, we have the James Webb Space Telescope. 
Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, Bye-bye, Hubble. Move aside, Hubble. It's James Webb moment. It's his moment, yes. Uh, launched in 2021 by NASA, we are now actually getting a, a better view of space than ever before. The most uh, detailed, the deepest pictures, images, of the estimated three trillion galaxies in the universe, jaw-dropping, eye-popping, heart-stopping. I mean, these breathtaking images. And, I, and I, you know, I encourage you this week to Google James Webb Space Telescope and look at these pictures. They, are, they really are breathtaking. Every single one that we see, every single one that this telescope sends back to planet Earth, brings us face to face with the works of God's fingers. Oh, it's such a beautiful sight, but it fills us with so much fright. It does, it should at least, just like it did for King David. King David, I mean, he reigned and ruled, uh, you know, over a couple hundred square miles of land in the Middle East, but uh, this king, the King of Kings, the one true God, reigns and rules over every square inch of planet Earth and all of the universe. All of the universe. He's in every nook and cranny of the universe. And this universe keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger with every single picture that the James Webb Space Telescope sends back to planet Earth. And as the universe gets bigger and bigger, we get smaller and smaller. Lord, what are we to you in a galaxy, in a universe so big? Are you, are you even mindful of us? Do you even care for us? Are we tinier to you than ants are to us? Do you even see me struggling with my depression, my loneliness, my mental health daily? Do you even see all the dysfunction and the brokenness in this country? Do you see all of my fears concerning my future, my faith, my finances, my family? Do you even see what's going on around me and with me and in me? You probably have so much better things to do, so much more pressing matters to take care of in this universe. ASAP. It's hard for me to believe, God. It's hard for me to believe that you, who are so above, so beyond any of us, would care for anybody, would be mindful of anybody. But dear friends, this God who is so above, so beyond any of us, is at the same time the very God who is with us. With us. Out of the estimated 70 quintillion planets in this universe, there's only one planet 
where this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, spoke these words from the Old Testament reading, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. The Holy Trinity hinted at in the way that God speaks and talks about himself. Right here in the Garden of Eden. Right here in Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man. Let us. Us. God saying he's not one person. He's more than one person. Let us make man. And then this God... dug in the ground. He shaped and formed the dirt man. Breathed his life into the nostrils. Behold Papa Adam. Behold Adam. A living human being. The first one in the history of the world. Handcrafted by God, handmade by God himself, to represent him on planet Earth. To reflect and image his goodness, his grace, his glory around, around the globe. But uh, no stopping with just Papa Adam. Um, every single human being is handmade by, by God. As King David says in another psalm, Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mommy's womb. Look to the left, look to the right, look behind you, look in front of you. God's handiwork is all around you. And when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you are staring at God's Handiwork. Even when your hair is all over the place, like mine is, okay? I kind of look like a mad scientist every morning. You can, you can ask Ruth. <laughs> Even then, I'm looking at God's handiwork. And so are you. No human being repeatable. Each one of us, God's unique, one-of-a-kind masterpiece. And God doesn't just, you know, create us and say, Well, catch you on the flip side. He creates us, and he also cares for you and for me. He's a hands-on God. Hands-on from womb to tomb, opening his hand and supplying all that we need for this body and life. Nike shoes, Ralph Lauren polos, Starbucks Americanos. <laughs> but, you know, all of that stuff can't keep us alive. Our God is mindful of this. He is mindful of what we lack more than anything else in all creation, and that is salvation. And he delivers the goods. No long-distance saving us. No, he doesn't play that game when it comes to salvation. No long-distance when it comes to salvation. Uh, he comes right to us. 2,000 years ago, the angel Gabriel had a little chit-chat with uh, King David's great, 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 many greats, 
grandson. You remember this conversation well, I'm sure. It's why we have Christmas. 20 through 23 of Matthew chapter 1. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The one whose fingers made everything that the James Webb Space Telescope is sending back to planet Earth, those images. The one whose fingers played in the dirt and made Papa Adam. The one whose fingers created you and me in our mommy's womb. That very one now has fingers himself. Uh, ten to be exact. <laughs> yes, uh, God has become man, fully human, bone over bone, flesh of our flesh. God wears our skin. Behold Jesus! 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 Emmanuel! God with us! God with us to save all of us! And that is why Jesus takes the plunge. That's why he does a cannonball in the Jordan River. Splish splash in that river. Cousin John, of course, baptizing Jesus. And when the water flows down his face, the heavens crack open, the spirit dove descends on Jesus, and then the Father breaks out with such joy, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. There is the Holy Trinity, folks. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, going public as one God, three persons. Going public with his saving mission, not to Mars, but to men. Going public with his view of every single man, woman, child. Totally, utterly for them. Totally for you, totally for me. Totally for everybody. There, Jesus on the banks of the Jordan River, dripping, soaking wet. He's there to take his stand, not against humanity, but to take his stand with humanity, to be by our side forever. It cost him everything. Worth it. Uh, you're worth it to him. So am I. Nothing, no one can derail, deter, distract Jesus from his mission of saving you and me, saving sinners. So he climbs out of the Jordan River, dripping, soaking wet, loaded with the world's sin, loaded with all of our rebellion and our high treason, loaded with our competition mentality, in our comparison game, loaded with our put-downs and comebacks, loaded with our holier-than-thou attitude, attitude, loaded with everything, all that separates us from the Father. And he walks to the cross with joy, so much joy, 
And there at the cross, his hands are nailed to wood, and then he cries out what we should. Those heart-wrenching words from Matthew 27, 46, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is abandoned by the Father on the Friday we call good. Now wrap your brain around that one, why don't you? God abandons God. God turns his back on God. I need an expert now. The Father abandons his son so that we will never have to sing. All by myself. All by myself. The Father, he accepts his son's sacrifice. He is the substitute for all sinners. He dies our death. And we know that his death is enough. Because Jesus isn't abandoned to death forever. The Father doesn't leave his son in the ground for very long. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Jesus is rescued from death. The Father raises his son from the dead. On Easter, and uh, Pastor Peter, he proclaims this powerfully and passionately in his Pentecost sermon. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up. Loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Our sin couldn't keep Jesus in the ground. Our sin can't keep us in the ground either. Our flesh, as King David had a say with the introit, dwells secure. Our flesh dwells secure. Do you doubt that, though? Have you had your questions about this? Do you feel like when God looks at you, all he sees is an ant, a worm, insect? Are you thinking that God doesn't really see you as you struggle, as you weep, as you grieve? As you have all this worry and anxiety, fretting and fuming over the future? Do you actually think you are all by yourself? All alone? All by your lonesome? We have good company. The eleven disciples. I mean, look at those guys. They uh, certainly were scratching their heads after the Friday we call good, wondering what God thought about them, especially after they fled from Jesus, fell away from Jesus, failed Jesus, had forsaken Jesus. But their doubts, their questions... Their failings, flailings, flops, none of that could keep Jesus from coming to them. Look at the Gospel reading. Matthew 28, 16 and 17. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. 
And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. The eleven, that number. That number reminded the disciples that one in their group killed himself. And the rest of them fell away. Not really a lot of faithfulness and devotion with this bunch. But the freshly resurrected Jesus is not angry with them. He absolutely adores them. He loves them. He still comes to them in Galilee, where he promised to meet them. And he comes to them to reconcile, to restore, to renew. All is forgiven. All their sin, all of your sin, mine cast into the sea of divine mercy. Here, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, is the beginning of the church. The very church that belongs to Christ Jesus, the very church that Christ promised to build himself from the ground up, making himself, of course, the cornerstone, and you and me precious stones placed upon him, the very church that is a mouthhouse of forgiveness, the forgiveness factory, pumping out forgiveness like there's no tomorrow, but it's the very forgiveness that gives us a tomorrow and a next day and eternity. The very church that can't be defeated and destroyed by the gates of Hades, the devil and his demons. The very church that... It's the home of this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The very church that is so big that every guy, every gale, from every nation, can be squeezed into this church. And so the invitation, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of, and, and, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The name of our triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, placed on our hearts and on our heads in the waters of holy baptism. Dear friends, do not take this gift of the name for granted. It is arguably the greatest gift that we get in this life, in this world, the name of our triune God. This name is the saving name. With this name comes God's protection from all evil. With this name comes God's power over all sin, death, and the devil. With this name comes God's presence, so gracious, so full of joy. Yes, because of this name, you can stand up and say, Jesus is with me always, even when I don't feel like it, even when everything around me says otherwise, Jesus is with me today, tomorrow, forevermore. Oh yes, Jesus is with us in every aspect of our lives. He is with us, dear friends, to be our peace when we are worrywarts. And I can be a worrywart. I think some of you can too. He's with us to be our guide when we wander and get lost. He's with us to be our rock when our relationships 
are fractured and fail and fall apart. He is with us to be our light when the darkness surrounds us. He is with us to be our life when we are sick, suffering, dying. And this God who is with us comes even closer to you and to me. This God who is with us is also the God who is in us. Through Bible study, through your personal devotions and mind, through sermons, through the Supper, through absolution, through the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit is poured into our hearts. Yes, the Spirit dove from above fills us at our baptism, but he doesn't stop there. This is the Holy Spirit who keeps on moving into our hearts over and over and over through the Word. Through the Word! You can't have a better guest than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's finger who is tracing in your heart and mind deeper and deeper the image of God. From the inside out, the Holy Spirit is transforming us, making us brand spanking new. More and more, we are becoming the masterpieces that God created us to be. His people. His people who are called to represent him in this life, reflecting and imaging his glory, his goodness, his grace around the globe. No matter the images that we get from this James Webb Space Telescope, and there are some pretty awesome images, okay? Check it out this afternoon. Pastor's orders. What our Lord is doing in us and through us so much more beautiful, so much more gorgeous, the prettiest ever. We may not be able to get God, but he gets us, and he is here to stay. Hallelujah! The triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who is so beyond, so above, descends to dwell with us as one of us in love and makes his home in us by the work of the Spirit dove, is our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mindful of us? More than mindful. Merciful. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But it's the truth. Believe it. Believe him, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and have yourself a happy, merry, holy Trinity Sunday. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs>